Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for April 7th, 2022. In March, the FOMC raised rates for the first time in over three years. They released their minutes from that meeting this week, which sheds additional light on the potential for further tightening this year. Nationwide's Chief Economist David Burson and Deputy Chief Economist Brian Jordan share their outlook on further tightening, how it will impact inflation and the overall economy, and whether or not the Fed can achieve a soft landing. And now, here's David Burson. Well, hello, everyone. Lots of discussion about the Federal Reserve over the last several weeks. Lots of discussion about things like yield curves as well. But we're going to talk about the Fed and, and what the Fed has been saying and what it implies for policy going forward. Uh, I'm going to be asking questions of our Deputy Chief Economist, Brian Jordan, today. So, Brian, let, let's start back in March, all the way back to last month with the uh, March Federal Open Market Committee meeting. What, what did the Fed say at that point? In particular, what were the the um, economic projections, the midpoint of those projections? Yeah, so um, back in March, the Fed at the time issued a forecast that was a dramatic turn or a dramatic pickup from its forecast in December, its previous forecast, three months earlier, the Fed indicated that it would raise the federal funds target um, in the median FOMC forecast by roughly 175 basis points in March um, in 2022. And that was a pickup from approximately 75 basis points in expected tightening in December. So a fairly marked pickup in the Fed's own expectation for Fed funds for monetary tightening in 2022. No coincidence, the Fed also marked up its expectation for inflation in 2022. Again, it seemed like a fairly dramatic pickup at the time and was a fairly dramatic pickup. And it was widely assumed that the 175 basis points in expected tightening for this year meant 25 basis point rate hikes every meeting, every subsequent meeting, including the meeting in March, in which the Fed delivered a 25 basis point rate hike, 25 basis points, again, at every subsequent meeting for the rest of the year. We've had comments since then, and those comments were echoed in the minutes that came out this week, that perhaps we'll see some increases that are in excess of 25 basis points, and perhaps in fairly short order. Well, you know, the next meeting that the FOMC has is, is May. We've had chatter from regional bank presidents, from uh, members of the Federal Reserve Board over the last several weeks, including the, the, the chair of the Fed, Jay Powell. And I was present when uh, he was asked the question, well, Mr. Chairman, what would keep you from going a full 50 basis point increase at the next meeting? And his response was very simple. He simply said, nothing. So what do you think about the May FOMC meeting. Do you think it's likely or more likely than not? Because we don't know. I'm not sure that the uh, voting members at this point know. I think it's more likely than not that the Fed will move by 50 basis points or or the 25 that, that markets had previously expected. At, at this point, given Chair Powell's comments in Washington, given the comments recently from Governor Lael Brainerd, given the 
indications in the minutes showing that many members of the FOMC felt that it would be necessary to move more aggressively in the months ahead. It does appear more likely than not that at that early May meeting, we're going to get a 50 basis point rate hike. We don't have much data between now. We're already into April. We'll get um, another inflation report. We'll get some more information on the labor market. But we don't have a lot coming down the pike between now and the early May FOMC meeting that would likely shift the Fed's posture at this point. So given the way the Fed has guided us over the last several weeks, uh, some very telling comments from Chair Powell, some telling comments from Governor Brainerd, other members of the FOMC, and then the indications we had in the minutes, again, suggesting that many members felt the need to move more aggressively. It does appear at this point that it is more likely than not that we'll get that 50 basis point rate hike in May. Let's talk about Lael Brainerd for a minute. She is soon to become, in all likelihood, the uh, vice chair of the Fed. She talked earlier this week, uh, particularly about the Fed's balance sheet and inflation. What what does that suggest? And we'll talk more specifically about quantitative tightening in, in a couple of minutes. But what what did her comments suggest about the overall view of, of Fed tightening, not just with uh, with rates, but also with the size of the balance sheet. So Governor Brainerd indicated that the Fed would likely need to be aggressive on the rundown of the balance sheet as well. We've been talking about the uh, the growing signs that the Fed feels the need to be more aggressive on interest rate hikes. Brainerd's comments, along with the um, indications in the minutes, suggest that the Fed also feels the need to be more aggressive on the balance sheet. And in fact, we had some explicit comments in the minutes uh, about that as well. So we're going to see faster rate hikes this year. We're also going to see a faster rundown of the Fed's balance sheet, certainly faster than we had in the last cycle at the end of the last decade. Well, tell us about what the the Fed minutes said uh, explicitly about uh, the running down of the balance sheet. And, And when do we think that might begin, that sort of thing? So the minutes indicated that uh, the Fed would cap the runoff of the Treasury and MBS portfolio at roughly $95 billion per month. Now, that's close to twice the pace of the runoff in the last quantitative tightening episode, uh, which ran from 2017 to 2019 at, at the end of the last cycle. The Fed also indicated they were likely to start soon, likely to start shrinking the balance sheet soon. So that would suggest that, um, again, at this May meeting, this is going to be a big meeting. We might get that 50 basis point rate hike. That will be the first 50 basis point rate hike from the Fed in a couple of decades. And we're also very likely to see an announcement of quantitative tightening, a fairly aggressive quantitative tightening relative to the last cycle, close to perhaps $100 billion dollars. Per month. We should put this into context, though. Since the recession began in early 2020, the Fed's balance sheet has ballooned just as it did in the last recession, 2007 to 2009. Um, at the time um, of the outset of the pandemic, a couple of years ago, the Fed's balance sheet stood at a little bit over $4 trillion. Today, it's close to $9 trillion. So even at nearly $100 billion per month, it's going to take a long time to get anywhere close to where we began this cycle. Well, do you think that the Fed, obviously the Fed's going to announce it at the May meeting, uh, the uh, ex- 
at least the preliminary schedule for balance sheet runoff. Do you think that May will be the time not only when they announce what the schedule will be, but when they actually start to let the uh, balance sheet run off? I think that's a good bet. You know, one of the key words that uh, came out of the minutes earlier this week was expeditiously. Now, the Fed was used that term relative to getting back to a neutral policy stance, but you can see that word really applying to all of the Fed's policy tools here. The Fed raising interest rates expeditiously, the Fed um, reducing its balance sheet expeditiously, the idea of getting back to normal quickly, perhaps before long, moving beyond normal to an outright restrictive policy stance. So given how fast inflation has climbed in in recent months and over over the course of the past year, given how strong the labor market continues to be, and as we record this, we're just a few hours removed from another very low initial jobless claims report, another very low reading for unemployment claims insurance. As strong as the labor market continues to be, as strong as the economy overall continues to be, the ISM surveys continue to to show strong business activity. Uh, the Fed does have a lot of leeway to move aggressively here and, and to move quickly here. So I think it's a good bet the Fed will not only announce in May, but may actually begin the process next month as well. Well, I think you're probably right on that. Now, let's differentiate this a little bit from um, the the tightening and the quantitative tightening that the Fed did uh, last decade. Um, as you noted, the uh, runoff of the balance sheet this time is expected to be to be greater than it was then. You know, if you look at, at GDP growth, um, 2015 to 2018, perhaps there was some modest slowing, didn't seem to have much of an impact on overall economic growth. But the the hike in rates and the runoff of the balance sheet this time um, are planned to be much larger. Do you think the impact on economic growth is likely to be larger as well? I think the impact on growth is likely to be larger. The Fed is going to move more aggressively here. The Fed pushed short-term interest rates up to 2.5% in, in the last cycle, starting from a range of 0 to 0.25%, but it moved slowly over the course of 2015 to to 2018. It's going to move more aggressively this time, and when all is said and done, is likely to push its benchmark rate um, higher than that terminal rate in in the last cycle. We should stress, though, that um, this doesn't mean that a major slowdown or anything close to a recession is imminent. Monetary policy acts with a lag. It takes time for policy to work its way through the system and offset the considerable momentum that the economy has leading into tightening cycles or the momentum, depending on the cycle, that the economy has going into into tightening cycles. So in the last cycle, the Fed started raising rates in, in 2015. We don't know when we would have had a recession absent COVID, but at least as of early 2020, we still hadn't moved into an outright contraction in economic activity before COVID hit. Historically, it's taken an average of roughly four years from the start of a Fed tightening cycle um, to the onset of a recession. And even if we exclude the soft landings over the course of the last half century, the soft landing in the mid-1980s, the soft landing in the mid-1990s, even if we take those out of the mix and assume that we are not going to have a soft landing this time, the historical average, at least over the last 50 years, is still a three-year interval between the beginning of Fed tightening 
and the onset of a recession. And if we look at GDP growth during these periods, when the Fed is tightening, historically GDP growth has been very healthy um, on, on an average annualized basis, roughly 4%. Um, and so as long as the Fed is, is tightening, we, we should expect that it's tightening in response to a fairly healthy backdrop. And so um, a, a slowdown is coming. A downturn may be coming later. These um, the, these developments are not imminent, however. You know, I, I agree. And, and one of the things that, of course, most economists look at is the uh, the shape of the yield curve as a predictor of a downturn. And the, the, the spread between the two-year and 10-year treasuries is, is pretty flat. It was inverted by a few basis points uh, earlier this week and last week. It, it's a little positive now by a few basis points. Not really indicative of the the inverted yield curve that we would normally use as a predictor of a recession. And then uh, I prefer to look at at shorter term rates, say the three month to the 10 year, and, and that's not even close to being inverted. Even when those invert, well, typically it's a year away from a recession. So I think that the, the odds of a of a downturn this year are, are really pretty low. And they may go up next year and more the year after that. But but for 2022, I think the, the odds of a, of a outright recession are are really low. Let's conclude by talking about the potential for a soft landing again. You know, you mentioned the soft landing in the 90s, the 80s. I'd throw out another one, uh, the one in the um, in the 60s. I know that the Jay Powell likes to talk about a fourth soft landing, but I think there have been three. Talk about soft landings. In, in my looking at economic history, they do occur occasionally, but we haven't had one during a supply shock period. And, and clearly, the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine, well, COVID was a supply shock. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is another supply shock. What are the odds we can get a soft landing this time and that the tightening the Fed does doesn't lead to a recession, but allows inflation to come down instead? So you're absolutely right, David. I mean, these are great points. Uh, soft landings are are possible, but they are relatively rare. So if, if again, if we look back over the last 50 years, we've had eight tightening cycles. We've had two successful soft landings, so two out of eight. If we include that episode in the 1960s, that makes it three out of nine. So the track record is is not great. And, and, and you're right that with a supply shock, it's much more, more difficult. Soft landings are difficult to pull off, even in the most placid, the most calm of, of, of circumstances. It should be more difficult in this episode given the fact that there, there are still major dislocations stemming from COVID and, and from the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the reason soft, one major reason soft landings are difficult to pull off is because monetary policy acts with a lag and monetary policy is responding to inflation that shows up with a lag. So the Fed is, to a certain degree, operating in the dark. Given this, the, um, the, the, the distortions uh, that COVID and um, the situation in Eastern Europe have introduced, the Fed is that much more in the dark than they have been historically. What's the true underlying rate of inflation? What's the true underlying state of the labor market once we get past COVID? Um, the Fed doesn't know. Um, and so it's operating to a certain degree blindly here. Now, in one sense, the Fed could get lucky. We did have a, and we are going through a major supply shock, two major supply shocks, should COVID continue to diminish, um, not only in the U.S., but globally, and allow supply chains to continue to, to heal? And should the situation in Eastern Europe resolve in relatively short order, 
we could see a, a supply response on the other side and we could see inflation just as it put moved up dramatically over the last the last year it could come dra down dramatically and and that, that could be a very fortunate situation for the fed but from a big picture perspective and broad strokes i think you're right that um a soft landing is less likely in this situation and again historically soft landings have been rare even in normal situations yeah i i agree completely with you there so it looks as if it's not much concern about a near-term downturn but the the longer that we have fed tightening particularly if we don't get this healing with supply chains and supply shocks don't reverse themselves to some extent then uh, i think concern about an economic downturn goes up as we go out in time well that's all the time we have for today brian thank you very much it was a, a really interesting discussion of Fed policy. And thank everybody out there for listening to this podcast. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax or financial condition or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.